You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. One person's trash is another person's treasure. And maybe for some of you last night, watching the Patriots was watching a whole heap and helping a trash. But for this show, oh yeah, it brings up Victory Tuesday. It's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Sarah Spain, how are we feeling today? This is, sadly... <laughs> The first week that you and I both get to celebrate our football teams winning in the same week. Good luck. Can you believe it? <laughs> uh, let's not get into the details. Let's not talk about how many of those wins total there have been. Let's just celebrate a Victory Tuesday together. You know what? It feels good. It feels good. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I didn't pick your team last night. I, I flippantly picked the other side of this matchup. Uh, I did say on the Monday Night Football digital preview show, the one prediction I did have that came true is I said, the only thing I'm pretty sure of is Mac Jones is going to get benched in this game and Bailey Zappi will come back out. Uh, That turned out to be correct early on. I was stunned, Sarah, as somebody that may have dabbled a little bit on Justin Fields uh, rushing the football last night. Mm -hmm. I was really uncomfortable going into the game with that dabble, but I was like, you know what? I'm taking it. I think Justin Fields can run. But I sat there saying, but we know Belichick takes the thing you're good away and good good mm-hmm. at away from you. And then he didn't, right? Like Justin Fields looked like just a different quarterback than we've seen. And, and it was just a delight. Justin Fields. That's the point. This was not a eek past them victory. This was not a they stole the game. This wasn't a thrown away game. This was a Bears team that was better coached that was ready for situations. That screen pass on the blitz that set Mm. up the touchdown was the perfect response to seeing that and knowing what was coming. It It was Justin Fields through the air with a bunch of chunk plays via his arm, on the ground with a bunch of chunk plays with his legs, 12 designed runs. I believe there's been fewer than that across the first six games before this. Um, This was a team that thrived defensively, grabbing fumbles, getting picks. All phases of the game, they were dominant. And they outplayed, outcoached, outprepped in this game. And your point about the gambling, by the way, I did put a few dollars Mm. on Mm. a little bit of a Khalil Herbert situation. Uh, 31 and 35 and a half yards took the over. That was an easy one. One, you know couple bucks on that but I had a free bet Fitz and when I have a free bet I like to take things with really good odds and guess what was really good odds the Bears winning the game oh yeah so can you believe I'm up 280 something dollars this season starting with just 100 I started with 100 bucks I'm up to 380 something only betting on the Chicago Bears that oh my god that like you're doing the one <laughs> thing I refuse to do like I stay away from Raiders games because I don't need the angst of watching them and also losing money but but I uh, know the team the best that, oh see now you're talking me into it you, yeah. you are talking me in, and, and I think everything you said uh, about them being better prepped was really something that stood out watching the game because a few weeks ago we remember that the Ravens managed to run all over the Patriots and I expected you know there'd be an adjustment to that that at some point I figured, well, the Patriots aren't going to let that happen again. When you Mm -hmm. saw it happening early and often, the best word I could use last night to describe the way that the offense particularly looked for the Bears, and it's the first time I've said this all year, they looked comfortable. Like they knew what was coming and they knew how to react to it. That screenplay you mentioned was such a beautiful moment of hesitation from Justin Fields because he knew exactly what they were going to do and exactly how to get that ball out. And I watched it and I thought, man – 
when you see a guy look this comfortable, you have to tip your hat to the coaches because obviously they have prepared these guys to come out with a game plan they were really confident in. And when's the last time we saw that happen to Belichick? Well, and it's also rare for the Bears to have a fun game that looks like real football. Mm. And I can tell you that from experience. They put them in a position to succeed. They used the extra time from a Thursday to, to Monday to prepare themselves. And I'm not the only one saying this. First of all, last night's Sports Center with SVP after the game was super fun because they had good Bears plays to break down. And Ryan Clark was going through looking at all the good ways that the team and Justin succeeded. But Marcus Spears was also talking about it today on Get Up and the team looking at what he does well and building it into the playbook. God forbid a coach makes things easier for a player when they play in football, especially at one of the hardest positions in all of professional sports to play. And then God forbid it pays dividends and they listen to people that talk on TV. Cause y'all know based on when we in the locker room, we don't know a damn thing. Justin Fields coincidentally is a super athlete and he can run fast and it helps with his passing game. It helps his process and his decision making faster. Thank God that epiphany took place week seven of the NFL mm. season. Well, I, listen, I agree with that, but I also think it's Justin Fields who's improved in every way. It's a new system that he had to get used to. He doesn't have a lot of weapons. He doesn't have a lot of protection. They don't have a lot of talent. This is not going to con- be a contending team. This is where you need to look for progress, and that's what we saw. And we saw it against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, who was trying to pass Papa Bear Hallis for most wins. Not on our watch, bub. Oh. And by the way, because the Packers got whooped, the Bears are back to having the most regular season wins in franchise history. And they did it on Monday Night Football in primetime when everyone was watching. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah! Thank you. That's a victory Tuesday. Hell Spade yeah. and Vince, right. we are, we are fired you. up. Uh, but I, I do think we have to remember a little bit, like Marcus Spears alluded to the fact it took seven weeks to have this happen. So often when coaching staffs come in, we talk about players having to learn the new system. I do think coaches also have to learn the players a little bit. And, you know, what you expect when you've had a couple extra days is what you hope for is a sign of a good coaching staff in my mind is, mm-hmm. are they bending to what their players do instead of just mm-hmm. coming regiment, uh, r- r- coming in rigid with this is my system. So I, I felt like there was a real opportunity for the coaching staff to show compromise. And that, uh, to me, is, is just a reason to have hope when you see a team come out and look that prepared. The other side of it is that it felt like total chaos from the Patriots. And mm-hmm. and this is not something we're used to saying, y'all, but like from, from the offseason, Bill Belichick made it very clear he was going to put whoever he wanted in as a coordinator. And now we get to this situation where they pull Mac Jones, and whether that was because of injury or whether it was because of play or whether that was because of design, like uh, if there's anything we know, Belichick's going to be vague. He was vague after the game when he was asked specifically about the quarterback situation moving forward. Bill, who is the starting quarterback? Yeah, we just finished the game. <laughs> so when Mac came out of the game, Bill, was that a medical decision, the timing of the no. pulling him? So was that related to the, the interception that was his no. last play tonight? No, we, we had planned to play. Uh, I told the quarterback that we were going we to play both of them. That's what we did. And so was the plan for three series? It just seems... When his last plays an interception, it looks like a, a benching for performance. That's not what it was, but you, you know, you can write whatever you want to write. That's not what it was. Fitz, I love that sometimes the the evasion comes in the form of we're on to the Bengals, mm-hmm. and this time the evasion came in the form of we just finished this game, right? I, I don't want to look ahead, and I also don't really want to look behind. This is 
shocking to me. This is the most vulnerable Bill Belichick has ever been to criticism. This is the most on his heels he's ever felt to me. There are a number of reasons. The most obvious and glaring is that when Tom Brady is on your team and he is a legend and he takes pay cuts, there are so many ways that we can't recognize how that benefits the rest of the talent on your roster being there, your ability to spend and flesh out uh, the positions that you need. So the team is just not as good. But Belichick always got our benefit of the doubt. It was always like, he's playing chess while we're playing checkers. He knows something we don't know. And now it's like, absolutely not. He bungled this. He sent Mac Jones out there ready to get booed. And he was asked after the game about it too. Like, how did that feel? Not great, Bob. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, like I, I made three plays so far and everyone's chanting zappy. Okay? Then... Because you've split the locker room and the fan base when Zappy came in and after that first couple great plays started to struggle, now the fans that wanted Mac Jones are chanting his name and booing him. This is why you need to be definitive and make these decisions and have intention. It's fine to not know who's better, but the I'm going to play both? That's never been a successful strategy in this league, and that's something Belichick has told reporters in the past about his own decision-making and the reason why it worked when Tom Brady took over for Bledsoe was it's not we're going to split reps. It's not we're going to split you in the game either. It's you're now the starter and you're not, and we move forward this way. I don't know what he's doing, and I don't think he does either. I've never said this before, but every single problem that the Patriots have right now is the doing squarely of Bill Belichick. Yeah. That is is wild when you think about where we are. And I understand the benefit of the doubt he gets for what he's accomplished in the past, but what he's accomplished in the past is not helping this Patriots team right now. You guys can be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Tweet us at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. Aaron Rodgers is not done talking about his teammates. You'll hear that and more. We got to go through quickies. Got a ton to get to next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the Hell ESPN. Yeah. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. We could just talk about our teams winning football games this weekend and Monday all show. Can we? <laughs> but there's some other things we should talk about, too. So we'll get back to the Bears and maybe the Raiders and maybe Bill Belichick ham-handedly handling his quarterbacks. I just like saying ham, ham-handedly handling. But... Uh, we got to talk about some other things. And it's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. When we have too much to talk about and not enough time, there's only one way to handle it. Quickies with Spain and Fitz. We get in and out of topics fast. That's right. So much to get to. Let's start in the NBA. Adam Silver yesterday on NBA Today, so on today, yesterday, said that tanking has been fixed enough in whatever way they can and regulation or sorry, relegation, not realistic for the NBA like it is in Premier League soccer as much as we would like. So the measures they've taken, he believes, are enough. Here's what he had to say. Shortly before the pandemic, you know, roughly 2019, we had changed the lottery odds yet once yeah. again. Not that I can say that we knew that Victor Wimbanyama <laughs> was coming precisely at this time, but um, we lowered the odds really essentially for the worst three teams in the league and then for the fourth team only has a slightly better odd. So it's roughly around a 14% chance. So said differently, if you have the worst record or one of the worst records in the league, you have an 86% chance of not getting 
yeah. um, the top pick. So I think that's first and foremost one of the most important measures we've taken. And then on the flip side, we added the play-in tournament. Yeah, Fitz, I mean, to me, there's not a full-on fix, and Victor Wembenyama is going to make us look at every team with a little side-eye all season long. But the, the, the odds aren't good enough to be the worst, and even if you get that one great player, you need other pieces around him. So being bad enough to be that 14% instead of a slightly smaller percentage just isn't worth it the same way anymore. Right. I, I totally agree, and I don't think there's much left that the NBA can do. I mean, even if we're going to look at a side-eye with all of this, there, what else do we want the league to do, in fact, to try and incentivize not tanking? I, I don't know what else we can ask, and the, the concept of relegation is something that we often laugh about, and a lot of people that are fans of soccer will look at it and say, hey, this is a great idea. But realistically, these leagues were created by a bunch of owners that are all partners together. They're not going to agree to a new system that, that forces some of them to start making less money because they've been right. relegated. Like, the business of sports will never allow relegation to come to existing leagues in America. So I think we just need to accept this is the best they can do. Well, certainly not if uh, it requires the sort of stacking of lower level, level leagues the way that soccer does. You just don't have that here. It wouldn't make sense for G League teams to move up and NBA teams to move down. There just isn't the setup for it. So it's a foolhardy to ask for. There was someone today on Around the Horn, Clinton Yates, who echoed our producer Josh Barden saying the final four worst teams at the end should have a rock bottom tournament and the winner gets the top pick. Oh, I would actually love that. That'd I kind of like it. That'd be I really exciting. Like it. It's like the it's like the the playing tournament, but for 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 crappy teams. I to love prove that themselves idea. Down the stretch, you got to keep playing for it. Uh, it's Spain and Fitz. Let's do another quickies. Quickies. Okay, Frank Clark has been suspended for two games by the NFL. Fitz, this dates back to a previous incident, but the ruling came down uh, now because of uh, I believe the the official court. Uh, a settlement happened in September. One year of probation and 40 hours of community service for a misdemeanor possession of an assault weapon. Uh, he pleaded no contest in Los Angeles to this. Uh, this is dating back to a March 2021 arrest. Uh, Frank Clark has had some issues, uh, and this is a big loss for the Chiefs for two games. Yeah, especially considering that he's going to miss a game against the Titans, and the Titans have turned their season around, look to be playing pretty well, in a game against the Jags that, while the Jags aren't good uh, on paper, the Jags have played teams tough. So, you know, anytime you're a Chiefs defense, it's losing somebody that's making contributions as a, as a pass rusher, knowing the importance of that particular position. I think this has significance to the Chiefs. They had to be bracing for it coming. I just, I think probably they're they're happy that it's only two weeks and they're happy that they get the bye week to adjust for it and get ready for it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be something the team probably needs to consider, too, as they work with him. He was arrested on two different gun charges in a three-month span in that offseason. And you remember when he was at Michigan, he had domestic violence incidents that um, were really damning. Uh, and he was immediately dismissed. Yeah. So uh, something for the Chiefs to consider moving forward. Next story. Quickies. Aaron Rodgers. Making news on Pat McAfee's show again. Shocking. He seems to have his own analytics, advanced metrics for the game that are basically boneheaded plays and what percentage are his teammates making those. Uh, here's what he had to say. If we have 50 plays and we have 10 mental misassignments or mental errors, that's 20% of the time. So that's way too high. You know, in the past, we're looking more like at, you know, less than 10%. So it gives us, you know, a really good chance to be successful. 20%, that's too high. You know, that's, a, you know, one play a series where you're really making it tough on yourself. So, 
we got to fix that. And whatever that is, I think, you know, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. Got to start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, give them a chance. Yeah, so about that, he's basically playing coach, playing GM, saying, all right, these guys made mistakes, sit them. He's also doing it in a way where he's giving you, like, you know when somebody's totally full of it and they're giving you numbers that they don't really believe. <laughs> he's got that air of hesitation to what he's saying. Like, yeah, there's like, enough oh. specificity in the data and information that they're giving that he could he could tell you specifics if he had them or if he wanted to. But the fact is, like, when he comes out sort of egg with it, I don't know. I just yeah, he's like, oh, it's ten percent. But if it was eight point five, that would increase our percentage of winning. You're like, nope. Yeah, these I, are just made up stats. I, uh, it's it's uh, it's not looking pretty for him. Uh, but he can't wait to expose the Bills, as we heard him say on the show yesterday. Yeah. They're ripe for exposing them. We just won't be expecting anything from this trash team. Uh, next story. Quickies. Uh, there's not a lot to say about the latest in the Brittany Griner story other than it is heartbreaking to learn that, as expected, her appeal of her nine-year sentence in a Moscow court was rejected, very anticipated. Uh, this entire proceeding has been considered illegitimate from the beginning, and again, it feels like the only chance for her to return home will be through a, some sort of prisoner swap. Um, the WNBA has made a statement. Adam Silver has spoken about it, but uh, just heartbreaking to see her in a video conference talking about how people who have committed worse crimes have been in there longer, apologizing for a mistake. Again, we don't know if she even actually did it, but she's been there for over eight months. It's just, it's impossible situation to even imagine. Another reminder for anyone that doesn't follow TJ Quinn, follow at TJ Quinn ESPN. Uh, TJ's been doing a m remarkable job reporting yeah. on this from the outset and gives you some real good information. It's accurate that tells you what was expected and what we're dealing with right now. So I'd say go look. If you don't know the information, go read TJ's tweets today. It's very informative. All right, hit me with one last quickies. Quickies. This isn't even surprising. Serena Williams is like, hey, I'm not retired. And we're like, yeah, we know that because you didn't say that you were. You just said you were like figuring some stuff out. And now you're like, I'm deaf, not retired. I'm deaf coming back to play. And we're like, cool, can't wait to watch. That uh, sums up that story. Coming up, what the hell is going on with the Lakers? ESPN analyst Matt Barnes is going to tell us next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Oh, we are having fun on a Victory Tuesday. We'll get back to all the football that you could possibly need. But we got other stuff to get to. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Yeah! Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Let's get all the insight on everything we need to know about the early portion of the NBA season from Matt Barnes, ESPN NBA analyst. Be sure to check out the co-host of the All the Smoke podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Barnes 22. Matt, is anybody having more fun right now than Memphis when they're playing? I love it. I think they're the first of, of what's to come for this league as far as, like you said, having fun, this younger generation dancing on the court team interviews where guys are dancing in front of the camera like these guys are not only having fun but they're playing good basketball so I expect more teams to kind of start following in suit as, as the, the league continues to get younger Matt is anyone having less fun right now than the Lakers <laughs> uh, probably not man I maybe know the it, Nets defensively you know, but <laughs> I, no it, it, it's definitely the Lakers and I and I tell people you know when I talk that there's so much more to it than just the basketball when you play for the Lakers because whether they're winning or losing, and it almost seems like when they're losing, there's just such a magnifying glass on every single thing. 
And obviously, you know, last year it was Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook. This year it's Russell Westbrook as a scapegoat. But let's be honest, I mean, even if they sent him home or traded him, there's a lot of deficiencies on this team. And Russell Westbrook is being blamed for all of it. But I think it's, they, they also need to place some blame in some other places. I mean, uh, look, I'm 5'9", 165. What do I know about a locker room? I'm always the first to admit that. But I know a lot about a tour bus from my music days, right? And when the toxic culture emanates under tour bus, it's almost impossible to fix. Once a culture has gotten toxic in a locker room with an NBA team and it feels like nobody's having fun and there's that, that guard up for everybody, how do you fix it? I don't know if you can. You know, you know, you can't fake chemistry. You can't fake energy. Um, and, it, and, and it's obvious that, you know, the, the, the chemistry is not there. The energy is off. It doesn't really even look like Russ is having fun anymore. And, and you know, this has always been one of the toughest-minded players we've ever seen. First out Hall of Famer. But, again, like I said, there's always so much more to it when you're a Laker. It just seems like, you know, all the negativity has kind of broken his spirit. And it's sad to see as a fan of Russ and obviously a fan of the Lakers. Um, but to answer your question, I don't know if it can be fixed, you know. And, again, and even if they sent Russ home or were able to trade for Russ, there's more issues on this team than just Russell Westbrook. It's Spain and Fitz. We're talking to Matt Barnes, ESPN NBA analyst and co-host of All the Smoke podcast. Matt, it, you talk about Russ, and, and it brings me to Ben Simmons. Speaking of someone who we saw his spirit broken, he's going to need a lot of minutes to get back as a basketball star. But mentally, uh, he's already gotten frustrated, fouled out of two games already. He's got almost as many fouls as points so far. Are you seeing anything from the basketball side that leads you to think it could get better? Or are, are we watching someone who may have peaked and is going to be out of the league in a couple years? No, I definitely think it'll get better from the basketball side. If you keep in mind, he was, you know, away from basketball for, you know, 450-plus days. So that's a long time away from basketball. And then on top of that, it was because, you know, obviously his mental state wasn't right, but he he, he had back surgery. And that's just going to, to me, it's going to take a lot of time to get his his game back together, whether that be, you know, his you know he's a first-team all-defender and an all-star, you know, so getting his feet back underneath them and, the one thing I liked him to see is obviously be a little bit more aggressive on offense and, and cut the turnovers down. But I think Ben Simmons is a different case from a standpoint of he just missed so much basketball. So I just think he needs to get minutes and really kind of find where his place on this team is. You know, their defense is horrendous. Mm. Um, they're scared to play, you know, uh, Claxton and Simmons together. And that hurts them on the, uh, on the you know, teams are offensive rebounding at alarming rate against this team. So, they have some issues as well, but I think they understand that, you know, they need to be patient with Ben Simmons' progress because he is coming off a back injury. But, you know, as far as fouling out and, 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 and yelling and arguing, to me that just shows you want to be out there. So, I, again, that's, that's always a great sign for someone who had, you know, had to, had to step away a little bit, you know, with the back injury and, and, and had some mental health issues. So, you know, I want to see Ben Simmons come, you know, mid-January, February, how he's going into the All-Star break before I kind of, you know, pass that. Is, you know, has he peaked already and, and, and is he on his way out? So, Matt, as I'm sitting here in the studio and we're talking to you, Sports Center's letting us know that Zion will be out for tonight's matchup against the Mavs. How do we maintain a measured approach to somebody that's had so many issues with injuries when we see them missing games for hip or, or back issues at this point? Um, you know, I think if this game meant something, I think Zion would play. Obviously, he took a hard fall in this team, you know, being three or four games of the season is just, I think this is a precaution. Um, to sit him out. I know he's probably super sore because I fell, I've fallen 
like he has. But, again, I think if this was a, a playoff series or they were playing for a playoff spot, I think Zion would be out there. But I think, you know, obviously his availability is going to be the key, this, the key to this team's success. You know, you have him averaging 22, Ingram averaging 22, um, C.J. McCollum averaging 23. You know, Willie Green's a, a, a smart young coach that has these guys playing the right way. So I think the key to all this is, is, is Zion's availability. So obviously you want to see him play more than he sits out. But, again, I think just tonight is more precaution than an actual injury that is going to keep him out for a few weeks. It's Spain and Fitz, Air Spain, Jason Fitz, talking to Matt Barnes. You can follow him at Matt underscore Barnes 22. The, uh, the Trailblazers were my side piece for a while back in the Terry Stotts, Dame, CJ kind of years. I've moved on. The Bucks are my new side piece when the Bulls are struggling, but I She's still have a heart. I still have a heart for the Trailblazers, and they have started 4-0. and Is this something to believe in, or uh, is the roster still just not ready to contend? I like that you're publicly admitting you have a side piece. That's yeah, yeah. Piece. I mean, never marry them, but, <laughs> yeah, never, never. you know, you got to right. keep them around. Well, again, happy for Dame, happy for Chauncey. Um, obviously, they're not going to go undefeated. We all know that, and I think they'll come back to earth at some point. But, you know, Dame was very active in helping construct this roster. You know, he needed defense, so he went out and got Jeremy Grant in GP2. Um, you know, Anthony Simons, I got a chance to see him play live the other night, and I was – very impressed by just mm. the motor in him and, and, and the shot-making ability uh, that he has. Um, obviously mentioned in Jeremy Grant on defense, but also he's, you know, very versatile player who, who, who chips in on offense. Nurkic is, you know, ramming himself back into hell. So they have a, you know, a solid five or six. What worries me about Portland is their depth. To me, they don't have very much depth. Um, right now, you know, arguably the hottest team in the league. But, again, I think it's early. I think they'll come back down to earth. But, you know, for Dame's sake and, and for my guy Chauncey's sake, I hope they do have one of those just really scrappy, scrappy teams that every single night they're going to give your best effort. Because if you play hard every single night, you're going to win a lot of games because you'll catch teams that just don't play hard. So I know Chauncey's been working with these guys. Again, Dame had a big hand in, you know, getting some pieces he felt that will help him win. And so far that's paid off. All right, so what about Utah? Nobody's ever had Utah as a side piece, but, you know, Utah played well early in the three and one at this point. Uh, what can they got to bo- visit you every I mean, time. You're not going to their house. Yeah, that's okay? 100%. Yes. And there are plenty of side piece jokes we can make about Utah, but uh, I'll, I'll maintain my professionalism here. Uh, what, what can we buy here out of the Jazz? Um, that they play hard. You know, that they're playing harder than their new coach. You know, obviously their plan was to rebuild. You know, they traded their two best players away and, and got a lot of solid pieces. Um, you know, for them to be able to put that together quickly with a new coach and play good basketball, I think has surprised a lot of people. You know, one thing about Utah is they're always going to play hard. That's just the motto of that organization. Um, you know, are they going to be in the mix, you know, playoff contention when it's all said and done? I think, you know, there'll be a team kind of towards the bottom half you know maybe that you know anywhere from you know eight to eleven trying to buy in for a playoff spot but they definitely have talent over there and they play hard so you know again reading into some of these teams that are are surprising us sometimes it's just you know that they got off to a great start and they'll come back down to earth so we'll just kind of have to wait to see but just looking at the roster and, and, and thinking how tough the western conference is that's why it's really hard for me to really buy into either portland or Utah just because I know how tough the West is and and, and, and these teams aren't necessarily built like the, the, the top or echelon of the Western Conference. 
Be sure to listen to the All the Smoke podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Barnes 22. Check him out across all the ESPN coverage. Matt, appreciate your time, my friend. Enjoy the games tonight. Man, thank you guys for having me. Have a good one. The great stuff from Matt, as always. But we got to move on. It's time for You Serious, Clark? We'll explain it to you next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. You Serious, Clark? Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Well, we had great vibes when the show started because uh, we're coming off a big Bears win. Raiders won this weekend as well. But now we unfortunately engaged with a youngster about culture and we learned the deeply depressing fact that he's never seen really any of Chevy Chase's movies, uh, didn't even know he was in Caddyshack, and uh, recently discovered him through Community, which is one of my favorite shows, but Great not show. knowing him from SNL or Caddyshack or Fletch or any of the National Lampoons or anything else. We old, Fitz. I mean, it's, I, it's I pay for Peacock where... just to watch Saturday Night Live whenever sure, I yeah. feel like it. It's one of yeah. those things, though, where I have I know Chevy Chase, like the name, like the persona and everything else with it. And I just feel like it's like almost this larger than life thing at this point yeah. where I don't I mean, even have anything happens. I associate him with. That's what happens. It's like for people my age, it's like Clark Gable, right? Mm, it's like, yep. I don't know. I didn't see Clark Gable, but I know he was a guy that people liked. Anyway, the reason we're talking about this is our next segment. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. You can always hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz. This segment involves three stories that I saw, I heard, I watched, and I was like, huh? And I said to myself, you serious, Clark? And it reminded me. serious, Clark? Thank you. Of one of my favorite Chevy Chase movies that he clearly hasn't seen. Uh, And let's start with the Aaron Judge to the Dodgers rumors. Okay. MLB.com's Mark Feinstein reporting today, uh, yesterday actually, that the Dodgers could become serious players in the race to land Aaron Judge. Now, we've talked to some baseball experts on this here show. They all seem to believe that Judge is not likely to leave the Yankees. The Yankees got swept. The embarrassing, awful finish to their season leaves them needing to spend to keep him and prove to their fan base that they will get better, that they will keep their MVP. But, Fitz, there ain't a team out there that's better at grabbing MVPs and stealing top players than the Dodgers. Well, and and look, I mean, at some point, the Yankees could have made this a moot point a long time ago. They didn't Mm -hmm. do that. So now you've let let Aaron Judge go out there and test the waters. You let Aaron Judge go out there and see what else is out there. And if it's suddenly the Dodgers that want to come with an astronomical offer – then Astros, Dodgers, pun, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, uh, you but go. at some point, if you're the Dodgers, like whatever it takes, you're going to you're gonna spend. That's the way they do business. And if you're Aaron Judge, you got the right to make whatever you can make wherever you can possibly make it because the Yankees didn't put a ring on it when they could have. So mm-hmm. if he ends up with the Dodgers, that is squarely the Yankees' fault. Well, an interesting part here is Mookie Betts would move from right field to second base. And normally you would say you don't want to move a superstar who's had that success. But he was originally a second base player. He loves playing the infield to the point where he still takes infield uh, practice before games when he's when he's heading out to right field. So I, I love the idea of Mookie getting back to where he most wants to be. And Aaron Rodgers, or sorry, Aaron Judge, uh, just making a move on a team that didn't want to commit. But... The reason that this falls under, you serious, Clark, is because I do not want yet another MVP going to the dang Dodgers. Oh, like, wow. 
I, it's partly because I'm in a big market city that doesn't spend, but you look across and you're like, really, are we just going to end up with, it's just, it's the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Cowboys, the, you know, the, the Yankees, the, all these same teams shuffling around the best players and not winning with them either. Uh, well, and, and so at some point you got to look at it and say, if you are Aaron Judge, what do you want? Because that's what the one thing that in all of this that I think is most curious. If Aaron Judge wants to end up somewhere uh, glorious and, and spectacular and historic, he can do that. If he wants to go somewhere wildly different, he can do that. Like, I don't remember the last time we saw a player that could have this much opportunity to do whatever the hell they want, however the hell they want to do it. I kind of love that. So yeah. whatever creates and, chaos. But you're right. Like, there's a part of me that would love to see him go someplace like, I don't know, Chicago, where he could just hang out. Yeah, and bring Rizzo. Home. Yeah, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, the Giants, uh, and I believe that's where he's from, is San Francisco area, has basically said that Judge is the top of their list and they will not be underbid. If they Ooh. miss out, it will not be because of money that they plan on signing other high-priced free agents first to then woo him and prove that they can keep up. So this will be an interesting thing to watch as multiple teams, including a few near where he might want to live, are going to be Oh, like Oakland. He's going to go to Oakland so that mm-hmm. then he goes to Vegas yeah. when they move yeah. and suddenly uh-huh. Aaron Judge is playing for my beloved Vegas mm-hmm. A's. There mm-hmm. we go. Mm-hmm. There we go. Your beloved Vegas A's yeah. <laughs> that do not exist yet. So beloved that the mere idea of them existing Manifesting, is Sarah. Manifesting. <laughs> I'm going to take yoga classes and start manifesting it. There we go. I like how, you know, it didn't quite roll off the tongue. My no. beloved Raiders was easier. Like, my beloved Vegas A's. I'm so used to saying aces i don't know how i'd even handle that change the name too when you move change the name there we go all right perfect (laughs) uh all right let's keep moving on with this segment that we have named you serious clark that's right uh okay the nfl and mike evans told us that the strange video where it appeared that side judge jeff lamberth and line judge trip sutter we're calling Evan's name in the tunnel and he walked over at which point they handed him a pen and paper and he wrote something very quickly, scribbled almost. So everyone presumed that they were asking for autographs and the NFL was asked about whether that was cool and whether they were allowed. And now they've said that Lamberth and Evans went to Texas A&M. Lamberth wanted Mike Evans' phone number to give to a golf pro who wants to give Mike Evans lessons, but Lambert didn't have a card, so he borrowed one from the other official, something to write on. Now, I don't see why he'd lie about this, Fitz, but it seemed a little suspect considering that he didn't look like he had enough time to write more than a number down. And why would you need to write your number down on a piece of paper for a golf pro? Like, wouldn't you have another way to get in touch with each other? Wouldn't anybody have contact info? Like, it just, it's all a little weird. Oh, yeah. No, I call so much BS on this. It's not even funny, especially knowing that the official apparently went to A&M. You want to tell me you can't reach out to somebody at A&M be like, hey, I'm an NFL official. I just worked Mike Evans game, and I'd like to give the phone number to a golf pro. I would think somebody in the SID, like student <laughs> right. information, could actually facilitate this for people. So I'm totally out on around this. Around the entire team. Hey, PR staffer for the Bucks. Can, I, can you give this to Mike Evans? Yeah. And, hey, and, coach. Hey, teammate. Hey, anyone literally that's in the building right now. Devin is trying to sell us on it's an age thing, and the ref is just too mm-hmm. old to he's realize that there were other. Maybe he's just old school. Maybe he just wants to get this number on a piece of paper. When's the last time anyone got a number on a piece of paper? I mean, Devin coming in with some ages. I guess they wouldn't have phones. 
I don't know. We literally opened this segment talking about generation gaps, and you guys are like, ah, you don't understand, but you can't ga- grasp this idea. I mean, I, I mean, potentially. Listen, I'll just like, throw how this old do we here think again. this guy is? Like, he's a ref in the NFL. Know. We think he's like in his 80s and suddenly walking up with like an old like big pen or something. What are we doing? It could be. Maybe <laughs> he uses it to play tic tac toe. I do like that the official allegedly had a business card on him during the game. Like, where was it stashed? Oh my anyway. god. You got you got I mean, I don't think it was the card. I'm going to go with like pen and, and some paper for writing something else down. But that's what people said. Uh, by the way, I put this on Twitter earlier. I'm going to put it up again at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz. Uh, what was Mike Evans actually signing? Wrong answers only. Uh, I got lots of good questions, uh, good good answers to that. So we'll we'll follow up with that. All right, we got one more. You serious, Clark? You serious, Clark? Fitz, this one's for you. Tennessee Titans unveil the initial images for a $2.1 billion stadium. Many are saying it looks like a top golf. Many are saying it looks a little like the soccer stadium. And many are saying, I'm sorry, where's this money coming from? What? Public funds for a stadium in th- in this economy? Yeah. And in that state, I got to remind everybody, Memphis has been fighting for state funds for a new basketball arena for the Grizzlies for a little bit now. And whenever that comes into like Memphis is several hours, what, four and a half hours from Nashville. So you've got this state that is so long that you've got Chattanooga and Knoxville and Nashville and Memphis all arguing about state funds. And now you're telling me somebody in East Tennessee is going to have to pay part of the bill for a football stadium they'll never use. Oh, that is not easy. That's not an easy sales pitch down there. When I hear publicly funded stadium mm. in 2022, I'm like, you serious, Clark? Yeah. You serious, every, Clark? No. Nope. Every time. I mean, hotel room tax couldn't have gone to, I don't know, helping schools or roads. Uh, said no. the same thing in fairness about Vegas with their stadium, too. Yeah, it's wild. It's Spain and Fitz coming up. Which New York football team should people have faith in? Is it both? Is it neither? Bill Barnwell's going to join us to talk about that and all things NFL coming up next. You serious, Clark? Spain and Fitz, the podcast. 